This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Andrew Kazakov, Vice President of Demand at Apple Lovin. Andrei, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks for having me, Art. Appreciate it. Awesome. It's great to have you on the podcast. So let's set the stage first. Um, you know, quite often in marketing, a strategy that was proven to be really effective in one area finds a second application with the other. Usually it happens when you take a holistic approach, when you zoom out, all of a sudden you can see that calculations why certain ad creatives or targeting work with audience should absolutely work with others. From the inception of both Apple's App Store and Google Play Market, the app market has been divided between games and non-games. Analytics have been busy comparing revenues both sectors generate, number of downloads each gets, retention, and more. In this episode, we want to show you how ad tech that has been powering mobile games growth, in fact, capable to do the same thing for non-games. But first, before bridging the gap between these two, let's talk about you first. Uh, Andre, tell us about your background, please. For sure. Yeah, I lead team that are responsible for non-gaming advertiser growth at AppLovin, and that includes direct advertisers, agencies, demand-side platforms, and network partnerships. I joined AppLovin when the company acquired Adjust in 2021, where I held different roles, which included being COO, president, and now currently serving as its chairman. Before that, I co-founded a company called Acquired.io, which is data aggregation platform, uh, which Join Adjust in 2018 by an acquisition. We made analytics actionable. And even earlier, uh, I started AppScotch as founder and CEO, which uh, was acquired by AppHenny. We pioneered paid advertising intelligence. So we're showing which ads are being run where, how much people are paying for it. So I, I started in the space from uh, mobile analytics and competitive intelligence and eventually made my way through into powering the growth itself. Well, it's a small world. I had had any a couple of times previous on the podcast. They're a great company as well. That's awesome. Um, I'm sure App Lovin is the company that hardly needs any introduction, but still, how would you describe uh, the company and what do you guys do? AppLovin enables developers to grow their businesses and we're focusing on making sure that our clients are successful. Businesses rely on AppLovin uh, to grow their business and we provide them with mission-critical technologies uh, and full-stack solutions to power their user acquisition, monetization, measurement, and analytics when it comes to all things uh, marketing. Great. Now, uh, let's recap the success mobile games have been enjoying for the last, let's say, five years. So what categories have been growing? What titles have been the most prominent in the mobile games arena? Yeah, well, first off, mobile as the whole skyrocket within the COVID pandemic, right? And mm-hmm. I would see that we, we've seen a lot of tremendous growth on mobile all around. 
on both platforms, iOS and, and, and Google Play. But I would think that categories that stand out uh, and that has seen a lot of uh, tremendous growth are obviously hyper-casual and casual, uh, specifically hyper-casual gaming companies took a, a very significant place in the space. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it just uh, tells you about the human psyche. We're we're kind of uh, leaning towards games that are easy to play, uh, easy to uh, learn, hard to master. That's the gold formula of a really great game title. Uh, but um, you know, there's um, there are good reason why games is actually a dedicated section on both app stores. Like it's the biggest category uh, on the mobile app uh, landscape and the level of engagement is probably the highest. So what ad technologies can actually be applied to advertising non-gaming apps, kind of leveraging the success with mobile games? What can we borrow from that camp? For sure. Well, I think of that any platform out there really, right? It, it, it just starts with games, whatever platform we'll look at when we look back. And we, and, but we, we, we see a lot of change happening in the ecosystem that actually a couple of years back that we see that spending uh, is tremendously growing in non-gaming apps. And there is a huge revenue boost in subscriptions and other apps that 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 driving revenue on on the app store when we think about when we think about marketing and growth and what's relevant in general i think it's just about what people are optimizing towards so if uh and at the end of the day if mobile marketeers have their understand their funnel have their specific goals know how to uh grow their business uh there is a technology uh that that can provide for that. So I would, I would say that the core of mobile marketing is significantly similar. Mm -hmm. And it starts with, if we think of key pillars, right? I think it starts with marketing analytics and measurement that gives you actionable and clean data. So you, so mobile marketing teams, whatever they're gaming or non-gaming can get data that they can act on that is properly laid out and that reflects metrics that they want to grow their uh, their business towards. Uh, th that's one thing. The other important thing is ability to iterate over and innovate around creative because eventually it at, at the top of the funnel, people see your creatives and you 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 get initial volume within the funnel uh, and that's the first thing uh, the first thing users interact with. So ability to iterate over creative, get intelligence on how to build creatives that are continuously uh, continuously effective and making it a part making it a part of the process is crucial. And I would say the last but not least is data science component of that, right? Because all ad buying and user acquisition happens according to some LTV modeling that happens, right? And depending on the company's specific business model and complexity, there are different approaches to that. You know, it could be, it, it could be a very simple approach that just relies on historical average values of LTV 
and uh, and uh, those values are used in uh, acquiring users, or it could be a more sophisticated approach when user level cohorted data is used and regression analysis is used to get uh, a more granular and accurate LTV models. But I would say that the third pillar um, is predictive analytics and data science. So you can actually know what's a lifetime value of your users that you can bid on. And gaming or not, those are key aspects that everybody relies on. We live in a very dynamic world and the app industry mirrors its rapid changes. Your app growth depends on new knowledge and skills like never before. This December, one and only Berlin will open its doors for app marketers from all corners of the world. Go to appromotionsummit.com Berlin to register and be part of it. Right, uh, that's a very good point. Um, I see mobile gaming and advertising that has been driving this uh, industry kind of a big lab uh, where people trying ideas sometimes more crazier than people in non-gaming space are actually have guts or willing to try first. So it looks like the new ad formats, new approaches, new ways to engage audience, new ways to uh, show the value, new ways to, you know, basically make, engage with people, make them smile, make them re react to your ad. Um, it's the, this, this is the lab where the, these ideas are being shown up and then non-gaming space kind of picking up, boring these ideas from there. It's just a matter of, you know, keeping your tabs closed, uh, uh, keeping your eye on what's going on with mobile advertising gaming space and draw the parallels just like second, like I said in the intro, take a holistic approach. Uh, we're, 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 we're talking about people in both cases, either, you know, it's an Uber app or, um, you know, fitness app or casual game. Essentially, you know, people are involved in both cases. And um, if you can see you know, from the analytics aggregated data that there is a new approach, there's a new ad format to engage with it. People, uh, when it, when it's about the mobile game, see if you can set up a test for your uh, app that is not a game, right? Yeah, you made a great point because like user acquisition in general, like there is no playbook of things that work. It is a framework to test things and framework to test things at certain exposure that you can relate to and you can afford and to do that at certain speed and pace and consistency. And gaming definitely paved the way uh, for the reason that uh, LTVs were much more aggressive and forgiving and budgets allowed for more experimentation. But now at the current landscape, I think everybody in consumer mobile is doing its best to go multi-channel and actually be able to build a strategy that is winning. But to your point, it is about being set up to experiment uh, at the pace that is sufficient and, at the, and and taking risks that you can afford so you can rip the rewards. That's sort of what user acquisition is. And when we think about the tech, look, at the end of the day, performance marketing, regardless of the vertical, right? It's just performance marketing. The tech itself is from a user acquisition standpoint. It is ML engine that optimizes to certain down the funnel metrics. And the applicable and the most different businesses 
have different applicable metrics down the funnel that they want to optimize towards. If it's a delivery app, that's first order. If it's transactional finance app, that's first time deposit. For the tech on UA side, it is a CPE campaign. And uh, uh, we just make it happen. But from UA standpoint and advertiser standpoint, the full stack matters, how you think about the data, analytics, creative and the flow to do uh, do creative ideation that is efficient to produce it at scale and data science that powers your LTV thinking. And specifically at AppLove, and we try to put ourselves in the shoes of our client to figure out how we can make their UA successful overall from all aspects of what we mentioned. For example, we, we really dive into their creatives and provide advice, what we could do to make it, to make it uh, serve better, make it convert better. And uh, we really uh, take consultative approach to all things that relate to our client's user acquisition. Okay, now what notable trends uh, is AppLoving currently seeing within non-gaming app market? What do you see? So for sure, there is a definitive pickup in offline activities and basically everything that is related to events, restaurants, outdoor activities, people are going outside and companies are definitely out there competing for their attention. However, even outside of that, a lot of apps in different verticals and news like smart news. Uh, we worked with them and after we, we started working together, they were successfully hitting their KPIs in uh, 2022 and uh, we grow their user base tremendously. Pixar creative platform, uh, we're being a continuous partner for them in both monetization and user acquisition and, and driving their growth. So I would say that there is definitive pickup in online activities, but certain players who are playing the UA game right are succeeding. And you know, the lease goes on, their companies like Daily Yoga, sustainably growing. We were able to improve their ROAS more than by uh, 60% and, uh, and uh, it keeps scaling up. So. I would say that folks who approach their UA uh, with a proper strategy and planning and do it with the right partner uh, succeed. But on top of just uh, consumer businesses and uh, those verticals, I also think that certain players and uh, certain, uh, certain bigger players and verticals that, that have been accurate before are now on offense. Uh, in terms of acquiring new users because the environment is challenging and it's the time to actually grab the market. So I would say that things are going both ways while environment is challenging. Uh, there's certain certain uh, players that, that, that are actually approaching their user acquisition in a more aggressive fashion and growing. And, and we're making sure we power them at that. Yeah, it's a definitely a new brave, brave world where uh, you have to try things that you could imagine before COVID, you would have to apply to your business strategy to grow, to stay relevant, 
to uh, retain your current user base. And yeah, uh, you guys have a great partner for companies who need that that, that extra you know, boost to grow. Um, and I should say, you know, personal thank you for helping guys from Pixar. I love their cartoons. They're one of my favorite, all-time favorite cartoons I've ever seen. How do you see the path forward for mobile games ad tech being applied to non-games at promotion? What do you see coming up? What hasn't been tried yet? Well, I think it is a path of continuous experiment as we mentioned, there is a need to try new channels, experiment more. And uh, we think that advertisers who are trying, who are approaching uh, new channels uh, with an open mind and, you know, taking our advice how to build their UA in a way that's going to perform or are, are going to succeed. And, and, and as we talked before, being mindful of what you're trying to achieve and what 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 exposure you're willing to take to test those things and what time frame do you have to actually get there and like good understanding of those things with the right partner is uh, is a way to go no matter what vertical you're coming from as long as you're uh thoughtful ready to experiment in you and, and, and you really understand uh, what you can risk and what you cannot risk and what's your timeline. I think those things uh, enable performance marketeers to compete, provided they work with the right partner. Absolutely. Now, we've finished the first part of the show and there's a second one. Um, on every episode, I get a chance to ask a few questions a few questions to uh, every guest is uh, let the audience know the people who come on the show a little bit better. Uh, so here we go. Here's your chance. So what smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between these two, you know, giants, Android and iOS, or basically just staying one side all the time? I use iPhone 12 Max, wasn't switching. I see. Um, what was your first mobile phone? I think my first, I don't know if it counts, my first mobile device was Palm uh, with a Wi-Fi transmitter. Oh, I, I, I remember uh, those guys. Yeah, it definitely counts. Like it's definitely something from the, you know, pre-multi-capacity you know, screen smartphone from those days. Um, now, get back to the present. I uh, imagine you've left your smartphone at home for whatever reason, what would be the most missing feature for you when you're out? It's definitely Slack. <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah, it's, it says a lot. Like Slack can be very addictive and just like you cannot live without it. Like um, you're the ultimate tool for work. Um, now, what new app technologies could be hardware, software, uh, you're kind of waiting for to arrive on the horizon not necessarily something that people are kind of talking about, kind of a trendy stuff, but for you specifically, what your smartphone is missing right now, what would you like this thing to be capable of doing? Currently, well, I really like time zones on my watch and phone. So it helps me to relate to time my clients and colleagues are, no matter where I am. However, I do take time with pen and paper 
to approach certain things. So there's like no inbound factors that are distracting. Let's see what comes up next. Maybe there will be Neuralink that's gonna provide for me forgetting the phone and not missing Slack. <laughs> well, Neuralink, it's, we'll see what's gonna, how it's gonna happen actually in a few years down the road. Uh, I just really hope it should be should not be invasive. Otherwise, I'm I'm on board. All right. Uh, the very final question before we let you go: How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Uh, I can be reached via email or LinkedIn. My email is my first name dot last name at applovin.com, which is Andre at applovin.com. Okay, great. Thank you for coming on the show and spending your time with us. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Art. Thanks for having me. And that was Andre Kazakov, Vice President of Demand at Apple Levin. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Wireless episodes on Mondays, so subscribe. You'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.